Okay, good morning. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Ches in Maseches Megillah. But you wouldn't know that it's Maseches Megillah from learning Daf Ches. We're going to have an interesting week. The first few days are going to be nothing to do with Megillah. And then the next few days after that, we'll be actually darshaning the Psukim in Megillah's Esther themselves. Very, very much Maseches Megillah. How do we end up in here? Ein Bain, the Ein Bains. We started talking about Ein Bain Ella. There's no difference between other Rishon and other Shani, except for XYZ, as we learned over the weekend. And now we're going to have a series of such Mishnayos. What is the difference between two different kinds of things? So we start with the first word, the very top of Chesmet Aleph. Ein Bain, Hamoider Hanam Echaber, Lamoider Mimenu Michal, El Adrisis Regal Vechelim. What's going on here? Well, suppose. Um, well, uh, Benjamin, we used to get into uh, Andrew and Barry. You missed it. Um, it. It was really Kadai. If you could only turn back time, Andrew and Barry used to have a lot of beef between them, and uh, but they've patched it up. It's not a little less fun, but I'm glad you know Borshalom Alisrael. So I'm going to pick a fight with you now, since uh, Benjamin drove me here today. So let's say I was Moider Hanal from you. I would not be able to get rides from you, so I would never do such a thing, obviously. But if I was to be Moider Hanal from you, then I wouldn't be able to get a ride. What if I was not Moider Hanal, but, and we'll discuss soon enough, the next mission is going to discuss what the difference is between a Neder and a Nedava. But Moider Hanal is a person who basically vows, right, that he's not going to get Hanal from his friend. Um, and the other type of vow that you can make is I vow not to not get any hanaf from you, but not to get a uh, food-related hanaf from you. So food-related hanaf. So you would think, what would be the difference? The difference is that if I am moded, I can't get any food from Binyamin. I could certainly still get rides. I could get whatever I want other than food itself. But Rashi um, is going to explain that it's a little bit more comprehensive because anything that has to do with food even peripherally, is included in That's really what our mission is trying to teach us. That there's not as big of a difference as you might think. If I moder all hana from Binyamin, or just moder hana of food from Binyamin, the only difference is, says the Mishnah, There's only two things that are going to be added by being moder all hana from Binyamin. And they are, I can't use his house as a shortcut to get to the toppers, and I can't borrow his lawnmower. What's his lawnmower? A cliche ain't osin behem ochel nefesh. Because his lawnmower doesn't have anything to do with ochel nefesh. And therefore, I can, I can not borrow his lawnmower or use his house as a shortcut, right? If I'm moder total hanaf from him. But if I'm moder menu machal, I still can't do everything except for those two things. As Rashi explains, kalim she ain't behem osin behem ochel nefesh. He says like this, right? Obviously, so I could borrow, um, I could borrow the lawnmower from Binyamin, but now Rashi is going to limit it very, very much as follows. It says, as follows. Suppose I live in a, in a place where there is a lot of lawnmower rentals going on. Let's say in Baltimore, everybody really usually had to rent a lawnmower. That was the Minhagamakom. But happens to be 
that Binyamin has a sweet electric lawnmower, right? And he is magnanimous neighbor, as he is, and he lets me borrow his, so I don't have to rent it. I, I would not be able to do so even if I was only because by virtue of borrowing his lawnmower, I now don't have to rent a lawnmower, and now that money that I would have had to use to rent a lawnmower, I could buy a sandwich with or sushi from Seven Mile. So now we're talking about what? A very wide definition of Moider Michael, that's all. And so what the Rashi now is explaining, and he says, Tanya Behedya, we're going to see this explicitly, but the bottom line is that there is a very narrow window. So by being Moider Menu Machal, I'm actually limiting myself to a lot. The shortcut, the Drisa Saregel, will be the topic of a Gemara as follows. So the first thing the Gemara says is, is Halainian Kalim, says the Gemara, Sha'oisin Bem Ochal Nefesh Devezesh Shavin. Uh, the first thing that's obvious is that it's certainly true that the kalim, right, the Mishnah had, had specified kalim she'ein oisin behem ochal nefesh, right, like a lawnmower. But certainly kalim she'osin behem ochal nefesh, like if I was um, borrowing Yitz's uni, right, if I was borrowing uh, one of these fancy uh, cooking things or a pizza oven or, right, or a deep fryer or whatever, all those things that you're going to make food with, certainly those foods are even closer related to the achila, and therefore those foods would not be allowed. And that's what it means that with respect to that, they are shavin, which is to say, right, just I would be also to them if I was moder hanav from Michael from Benjamin, just as if I was moder hanav from him entirely. Right, because they are food related. Because Rashi already gave it away that it's even more expansive than that. So for us, that part of the Gemara is not a chiddush. The next uh, issue is drisas haregel. Says the Gemara, Drisus Aregel, halo kapti inchi. The question here of the Gemara is, Drisus Aregel shouldn't really be any form of Hana at all. Why? Because people don't even care. Benjamin doesn't really care, or at least he doesn't seem to care that I walk past his property to walk. I don't have, I don't go out on Rusk Avenue and then cross all the way across. I have never done that in my life to walk to the toppers. I always only go straight through Benjamin's property. And that's the way, that's the uh, culture in Rusk altogether. People walking through each other's properties to Stewart and the, and the like all the time. So if that's the case, so then what, there is, what kind of Hana is there? There's nothing that, that Binyamin is mockbit about. There's nothing that I'm taking from him. So why, even if I was my dare enough from him, would I not be able to cross through his property? Says the Gemara, no. Amar Rava, Hamani, Rabbi Eliezer. No, our Mishnah is reflecting the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. The Amar, Vitor Aser, Bimoder Hana. Ah, that even if your Binyamin is Mevater, right, it's still an Isser Hana. Well, let me tell you, I think Rabbi Eliezer makes sense because it may be true, right, that Binyamin is Mevater and he doesn't care, but that doesn't mean I'm not getting Hana. Right, I was moder hanaf from Binyamin. I wasn't moder that I can't take something from him that he cares about. I was just moder that if there's anything I get from him, right, that gives me some version of hana, that I should not be allowed to do that. That certainly should include a shortcut because I am getting a benefit from it. Uh, you know, we say whether, obviously, I'm saying it a little bit colloquially like hana, I'm enjoying it. But, you know, you could even make a monetary benefit to it if you wanted to, if time is money and I'm getting a shortcut and it's giving me, right, uh, the opportunity to get there uh, faster. So that opinion of Rabbi Eliezer actually is very logical that it shouldn't depend. Obviously, there's a, right, there's a, um, a mandamer that's, that's cholik on here, 
that says that no, that only the kind of anah that Binyamin would feel like he's losing something uh, would be considered modah. No, but be this may, our mission reflects the view of Rabbi Yezer that the shortcut, even though Binyamin wouldn't be makpid, would still be considered as something that I get enough from, and therefore were I to be modah enough from Binyamin, which I never would, um, I would not be able to use this house as a shortcut, which is only one of the reasons I would never do so. Okay, fine. Uh, I should mention, Binyamin gives out, it's, could I be his friend? Rosh Hashanah, he gives everybody new challah knives. It's a really, and they cut like butter. It's incredible. Very kadai. If you were Moida Michael from him, you wouldn't be able to use that either, I would assume, right? Because you're using that to cut challah. Okay? So don't do that. Don't ever be Moida enough from Binyamin, just a, a public service announcement because you, you have a lot to gain from this guy. Okay. Next Mishnah. This next Mishnah is the source of all brisker Torah, right? So to speak, as follows. What's a neder? What's a nedava? Gavra chefsa. A neder is, the Gemara is going to explain the whole thing. Um, but basically, the uh, Rashi explains right away. The first, the, the only Rashi on the Mishnah. Nefarsh Gemara, neder haomer hare alai ola. Right? So, neder is, I swear, so to speak, right, that I'm going to bring an Ola. Well, that's a Gavra. Right? I swear I'm going to bring an Ola. Difference being, what if that animal, let's say, right, disappears or is lost? So, obviously, I have made a commitment on myself, a personal Gavra commitment. I know there that I'm going to bring an Ola. And a Dava, in contrast, explains Rashi, which, uh, that the Gemara will say, Haomer Harezu. Right, velo kibla love. Right, that's a chefta. I say I'm going to bring Bessie the cow as an ola. Well, that if Bessie disappears or somebody steals her, I'm, I'm only responsible on the chefta. Right, I said that that is the animal that I'm going to bring. If that animal disappears, I have no remaining obligation to bring the korban. It's the classic chefta gavra that's used in a lot of the hakiras in in Torah. So. That's what it means when the Mishra says, Elashan Adarim So now you understand. Chayabachoryusan means if the animal disappears, I'm still Chayab. I still have a Chayas to bring it. Where there's a Davos, ain't no Chayabachoryusan. That's what that means. It's on the Chafta, and therefore you don't have to bring it once it disappears. Let's flesh it out quickly in the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Hala inyin ba'ta'acher shavin. Right? In terms of Chayabachoryusan, they are different. But as far as Balta Acher, certainly Zevasashavim. What's the idea of Balta Acher? Well, you make a promise, we'll call it, or a nether and a dava, it's a little more uh, intense than a promise. Says the Torah, Kitidor Neder Acher Well, you're not supposed to delay, right, in fulfilling that promise. Aha. Uh-huh. Now that delay would be true, obviously. It should be, or at least it's logical to understand, that, that would be true of Neder or Nedava. It happens to be that it's in the context of a Neder that it says that, right? But it is stands to reason, right? That's the Chiddush of our Mishnah, that it actually would apply to Nedava as well. That's that's the point. Uh, I'm sorry, it says it, uh, right, right, by Neder. Right, that's what the first Rashi in the Gemara says. Alpha Gav din Nedava bikra devalta acher lok siva we already learned this in Masechus Rosh Hashanah, that even though, right, it says it by a neder and not by a nedava, neder and nedava should be the same, right, by a gzereshava with respect to balta acher. That's why we say that is what is the same about them. And it's this issue of chayav b'achriyusan that is different about them. So it's not hasam. How do we know that 
there is a difference in terms of the Chiyuv Bachar Yusan. Well, that's the Aleph base of Kinim. You have to learn the first Mishnah in the first parakel of Masechah's Kinim, and it says that for that straight up uh, clean lambdas as follows. Non Hasam in that Mishnah, Ezu Neder, Haomer Alai Ola. Right now, this is the Gemara explaining what Rashi had said on the Mishnah that when an individual says, I am responsible to bring in carbon Ola, Ezu, that is a Neder. Ezu Nedava. This animal will be an Ola. As we've discussed, the difference is with a neder, when you say it's on me, so then if the animal died or was stolen or was lost, then you're chayiv to replace it with another animal. As opposed to nedavas mesu onignavu avdu, if you just made a nedava on the animal itself, so if it dies or is stolen or lost, ainu chayiv bechiyusan, you do not have to replace it because you made your vow specific to that animal. Ask the Gemara, mina onimili, what's the source for this? The Tanur Rabbanon, because the Brisa says v'nir tzalo lechaper alav. That's what the pasuk says v'nir tzalo lechaper alav. Rabbi Shimon Omer, well, it, it should be accepted for him, right? To, to give him atonement. Oh. So in that case, it's kind of, uh, I guess, th- that is not really referring to a nether or an adava per se, right? But when you bring a korban in general, an ola, a korban ola, it's mechaper on you. So it's a it's an exegesic, uh, right, limud here, where Shimon says, es she'olav chayev b'achriyusan. That which is on him, which is to say the neder, which is on him, Yerchayv Bechoriyusa, as we've discussed, right? And that which is not on him, which is to say it's on the animal, which is to say it's not a neder, but a nedava, then you're not Chayv Bechoriyusa. So that is the actual limud where we learn this uh, important nafkamina, um, this important distinction between a neder and a dava. And the Gemara asks, my mashma, how does al alav? Really teach you this? Once he said alai, right, this is on me, it's as if he accepted the burden upon his shoulders. Figuratively, figuratively. <laughs> uh, he accepted the burden upon his shoulders, and therefore he has personal liability for that korban, and therefore it is chayev b'achrayas, if the korban, uh, right, runs away, or whatever, he is in fact responsible to replace it. It's a little bit of a, a little bit of a chiddush with regards to the nedava, uh, because again, if you were, let's say, a shomer sacha for something, and it gets lost or stolen, you do have to replace it, right? So it's not in every aspect of Torah, where if something gets lost, you don't have to replace it. So you need a special limud, right? You need, this is not something that you would have necessarily intuited logically. Even though the lambdas certainly makes sense, right? We can cleanly understand the difference between chefza and gavra. Just because it's chefza doesn't mean that you're not chayef for it per se, right? We need to have the limud in the Torah to teach you that. And that is in fact how we learn that ein ela Fine, next Mishnah. On Chesamid Alf. Ein ben Zavarosh Tereus Larosh Shalosh Ela Korban. Wow. Well, that's not really true. Uh, what's a Zav? We don't have that anymore. That's like an emission for a male that's kind of like a Balkari, but not really. It's kind of like what the article calls gonorrhea. You shouldn't know from it, bottom line, but we don't know from it today. Well, 
We know very, we know a little bit more familiarly, as we'll see when we make the Siyam, God willing, Be'ezus Hashem, on all of Shas, and we finish off all of Maseches Nida. Uh, one time I was on a plane with Rav Scheinberg uh, Zatzal, the, the Rav Chaim Pincha Scheinberg, and he was in first class, which made me jealous, and I wanted to see if he was watching movies and stuff, but obviously he wasn't. I asked his son, who I happen to know personally, uh, and I asked him, uh, so what does a, a guy like Rav Scheinberg do? When, when we got off the plane, I asked him. He says, oh, he chazered Maseches Nida 70 times <laughs> uh, on the way from Israel to America. Go figure, Andrew. Anyway, so we'll at least say the basics of Nida here, that you know that Nida has, when she becomes a Zava Gadola after seeing a multiplicity of Re'iyos, one, and then it's consecutive days, one, and then two, and then three. Rashi here, or the Mishnah explains, that a Zav has a slightly different thing. Let's see Rashi here. Shtei Re'iyos, b'yom echad, or b'shtei yomim retzufin, v'chein chalash b'yom echad, or b'shloshi yomim retzufin, or shtayim b'yom echad, v'achas l'machar. What's Rashi saying? He's saying that it doesn't need to be three, uh, see, seeing these emissions on three consecutive days per se, it's just three consecutive emissions, however they may fall out, all in one day, one in one day and two the next day, that kind of thing. Be that as it may, there is actually a very big distinction between whether you see two reios or three. Once you've reached, seen a third emission as a Zav, you're really in a different realm altogether. Because in the first uh, time, you, when you just see two reios, then you're considered a Rishon Latuma. You're Metame only when you touch something and only foods, Michael Amishta. As opposed to once you've cross that threshold to the third Re'iya, now you're an Avatuma. Now you're going to have to do Zayin Nikim. You're going to be Matami something just by sitting on it. You're going to have to, right? So, so there's going to be, you really pass a massive threshold. And of course, you're going to have to bring the Korban. But our Mishnah says, Ein Bein Zav, that sees two, and Zav sees three, only the Korban. So we're going to analyze this a little bit as follows. Okay, so now. Like this. It says the Gemara. Uh-huh. So wait, no, so I think maybe, no, I'm sorry. What I described, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase that. The big threshold is once you see the second, the second uh, Re'ia. When you see only one Re'ia, okay, rewind. Rewind. Okay. When you see just one Re'ia, I apologize. When you see just one Re'iyah, Andrew, you're not going to see it, but when, when you see just one Re'iyah, that's when you are uh, only metamim maga and, and, um, by touching and Michael and So again, a dude is walking around and he sees, uh, it becomes a Zav. He sees an emission of Zav. So just one time will make you a Rishon Latuma. Okay, apologize for that. Just one time will make you a Rishon Latuma, which means that you'll have to touch something in order to be metame it, and you're going to be metame Michael and foods. There we go. Two times is when you really pass a massive threshold. That's what our Mishnah says. Two times is when you already pass that massive threshold. At that point, you're going to be metame tumas uh, medris. Just by, uh, by sitting on something, you're going to be metame something. You will be an avatuma, which means you're going to be metame more things than just Michael and Mishta, but even begadim and kalim. Okay? Those things, uh, are all, you're also going to be metame. And you're going to have to keep the Zion Nikim. Right, so that is what you become. You become an avatuma. Two times is really the main threshold. So the biggest jump, like they say when you have kids, when you have one kid to two kids, that's like the biggest jump. 
they say, oh, once you have three already, you're back into a zone. And it's a little more, but not as much. That's what you tell young parents. So anyways, Binyamin's dealing with the two kids. So he's, 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 holding, by the, uh, he's holding by the big threshold. So what's the point of our Mishnah? That once you have the jump from two to three, the only difference will be a carbon. There we go. I got it straight. So now we get back into the Gemara. The Gemara says, Okay, now we got straightened out. In other words, the big jump is from one to two. Once you have the two Re'eos, so then you hop the, right, the Sphira Shiva, that you have to count Zayin Nikim at that point as a Zav in order to get back into not being Tameh. You're going to be Matame things by Mishkavu Moshev. This is what we call Tumas Medris, right, that you're going to uh, be Matame something for... Um, right for sit for sitting on it or laying down on it, and zev is a shavin, meaning both a zav who has two and a zav who has three emissions are going to be chayev in all those things. Which is to say that already by the time you have two emissions, you're chayev in all of those things. The only thing you're not going to be chayev in, as our Mishnah says, is the korban. Ask the Gemara. Minani, mili. How did we learn all of this from? Where are we getting all this from? So actually, we learned it from counting the number of times it says uh, the words in the Pasuk. The number of times it says the words Tame, as follows. It says the Gemar, the Taner because the Rabbanan learned in the Brisa, Rabbi Simai Omer, Mana Hakasav Shtaim Ukrao Tame, Shalosh Ukrao Tame. Really? Okay. Because that's what it says. You have to look at the Psukim. The Psukim in Vayikra Perak Tezvav say as follows. I'm going to count how many times it says. Zav, ve'ishki yes zav mipsaro zavo tamehu areshte. So that Rashi says is areshte zivos bekara tameh. Right? It says zav mipsaro zavo tameh. So two emissions, you become tameh. What about the the next pasuk? Vizos tietu maso bezavo. Rav b'sara as zavo. Oh right. Um, and then it says I'm just I don't know if I'm going to say the words exactly right, but oh how do you say hechitim? Uh, anyway, he says, Bisaro uh, Mizovo. Okay, so be that as may, it says, Bisovo, Zovo, Mizovo, Harelacha Shalosh, and that it says, Tame again. So basically, you have the Zovo three, saying it three times. Uh, it says, Vizostietu Maso, Bisovo, Rar Bisaro, Ezovo, O Hechtim, Bisaro, Mizovo, Tumaso, He. There you go. I got the He versus Who there. Correct. Okay, so the point is, that it says zav 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 twice, uh, and then zav 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 three times, and in both of those it said tame afterwards. And Chazal Rav Simai learned an equivalency from those because of the fact that it says tame after saying zav twice in one pasuk, right, and then it says tame after saying zav three times in the next pasuk. That's how we learn that by having two and having three, it's really mostly the same. Amount of tuma. You in both scenarios, whether you have two or three emissions, you become an avatuma. You mitame thinks tumas medris, and you have a lot, a lot of similarities in the high degree of tuma that you uh, that you get. Where do we learn that they are different? In other words, the gemara is now going to try to analyze. Wait a minute. Uh, we know that the the tuma is one of the things that you can. Be chayavin once you see these right reios. What about the korban? What and we know that korban is another thing that you're going to be chayav. That's going to be the next level. 
But how do you learn one and not the other, right? In other words, recreating an equivalency. So why shouldn't you also bring the carbon? So let's see how the Gemara now says it, as follows. Reb Simayo, Mer, back to that. So now we know what that means. Those are the Psukim. And Ha Ketzad, how is this to be, how do we explain this? As follows. That's what the Gemara is trying to teach us, that two emissions on their own right will bring him to the very chamer tumah of a full-on zav, right? The av ha-tumah. And it's that third thing, right? In other words, after all, the Pasuk is said twice. So it is intended to create some equivalency between the two, but also because it says it twice, it's also teaching you some distinction, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't have two psukim. It would have just said, once you have two emissions, you're a full-blown zav, so by having two psukim, you've said that some things are similar and some things are different. And now we see the things that are similar is the level of tumah that you get. The thing that's different is that only the zav that sees three times has to bring a korban. But ask the Gemara, maybe you would say, does this make any sense? No. But the suggestion is, we know that there's two things that you can get. You can become a full-blown zav and you can also uh, acquire the... the uh, Right, chiyuv to bring a carbon. So maybe we should say that if you only see two emissions, you're going to become a full blown zav, and you're not going to bring a carbon. However, if you see three, uh, if you only see two, rather. However, if you see three, then you're going to be le carbon. You're going to have to bring the carbon because that we've associated um, with seeing three emissions. But lolo tuma, but you're not going to be tame. Gemara says, "Are you kidding?" Well. Before you see three emissions, you got to see two. So what are you going to do? You're going to say you're Tame, uh, full-blown Zav, once you see two, and then you're going to put the toothpaste back in the tube and you're going to come Tahar once you see a third emissions? That doesn't make any sense. You're Tame already. Okay. So the Gemara says, okay, it still persists. Maybe you'll say the other way. The other way makes more sense, right? That in other words, when you see two emissions, then all you're Chayef to do is bring a carbon. But you're not Tame yet. And then once you, once you have the 30 mission, so now in addition to the carbon, you're going to chop the tumah, right? So now you're still tar after the second emission and, and still, and, and it's the carbon that's really the similarity between the two and the three emissions. And then the tumah only comes in in the third. Says the Gemara, lo That should not be a possibility that you should consider the Tanya, because the Bryce says, v'chiper alav ha-kohen lifnei Hashem The Kohen, should is what? He's going to give him the kapara from his zav. From. What's the from? From. Mizovo implies some sort of miut. How so? Miktas zavin mevin korban or miktas zavin ein mevin korban. Aha. The word mizovo somehow teaches you that only some zavin will bring a korban. Well, the suggestion of the Gemara now was that the first thing that you chop as soon as you have two, right? The one zav, the guy who just sees one emission, we're not talking about him right now. We're talking about, right, the topic of emission is a distinction between the sec two and three emissions. One emission is just a Rishon Latuma. It's very, very, it's just like, you know, watch out for the foods, don't touch them, we don't want it to become Tameh. And that guy doesn't even have to keep Zayin Akim. He's a different level altogether. A real Zav is once you've seen two. That's when you really cross that threshold. And any real Zav is going to have to, uh, is going to be Tameh. And what the, Limud here is means that only some zavin are going to have to bring a carbon. Well, some zavin, the only real zavs are the guy who sees two and the guy who sees three. So if only some of them are going to bring carbon, 
it would only stand to reason that it would be right one of them, and therefore it would make more sense that only the one who sees the additional third ria would be that person who has to bring a carbon. That's what the Gemara is going to analyze now. It says the Gemara, mix a zavin vivin carbon, mix a zavin ain't vivin carbon. Only some zavin, so that's only really either you see two or three or more, are going to be bringing a carbon. Ha keitzad. Well, the most logical application of this would be rosh shalosh mevi mevi shtaim ain't no mevi. That if you see three reiyos, you're going to have to bring. If you see two, you don't have to bring. Or the other possibility would be, oh, ain't no ela rosh shtaim mevi rosh shalosh ain't mevi. Right. In other words, the only other logical possibility would be that you only bring a carbon if you saw two reiyos. But then once you see a third reiyah, you don't have to bring a carbon anymore. But that doesn't make any sense. Says the Gemara, Amar tachelor rosh shalosh rosh shtaim. Right? Are you going to say that you're only going to bring a carbon once you saw two? And then once you see three, you don't bring a carbon? But in order to see three, as we've said before with regards to Tumah, you need to, by definition, see two, because Andrew, two comes before three, and you can't jump over that. Right? So it's obviously would only make the most sense to pass a threshold once you've seen the third, and that's when you're chayiv in the carbon. Says the Gemara. Okay. We need to learn both of these things, right? The Mizavo is teaching you the Korban Chiddush. The Rav Simai is teaching you the Tumah Chiddush. Why? Dimir Rav Simai Havamina Kikushyon. Right? Because if you had no Rav Simai, then we would have asked our question like we asked before to Rav Simai. In other words, we would have asked maybe the distinction has to do with only Tumah and not the Korban. Kamash Malan Mizavo. Kamash Malan Rav Simai. All right, uh, we would have not known how many rios are meant by, by, by the Pasuk, and therefore it teaches you Rav Simai. In other words, you put them both together, right? Um, that at a certain point, uh, Rashi over here, Loya Dana Kama Rios, Hai Mixas Demashman, Hai Kora, Loya Dina, Maihi, Oshalosh, Arba, Oshtaim, Veshalosh, right? You need to know that the distinction is between two and three. Uh, Rav Simai is the big genius that counted, right, how many times it says Zav in the Pasuk. And therefore, was was the one that alerted us to the fact that it would be two versus three, right? He was able to learn that limud. Okay, fine. <clears throat> so now, so 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 that so he was useful for that. So now the Gemara says, "Vehasha damas mizavolid rasha vechiyitar hazav mizavol maid rashas bay." Right. In other words, now you have to learn something from the other time it appears. Right. It says, "Vechiyitar hazav mizavol twice." In other words, "Vechiyitar hazav mizavol." Right, it says twice. Now we just learned it, right, to teach you that you're going to bring the korban, right, once you see the third riya. But there's another place where it appears, right, and once you have that, it says, right. So now you say it it implies some sort of limitation. Well, now every time you see that phrase, it has to. Actually, apply a limitation. So the Gemara says, "Well, that is teaching you, right? That when you when you learn that the full pasuk is it means that immediately, right? As soon as he ceases seeing the uh, reia, he starts counting seven clean days. What does that mean? Rashi, Right? Right? He doesn't need to. That's when he starts counting. You don't have to do a tvila before you start counting 
the days, clean days of Ziva, which is to say, as soon as you stop seeing emissions, you could start counting Zayin Nikim. What's going on here? Mizavo, velo mizavo nigo. Rashi is going to explain as follows. This becomes, um, this becomes complicated, as we will see. I'm going to read a little bit more, and then we're going to see what we're talking about. Mizavo v'safer, right? So what's mizavo velo mizavo nigo? Right away, you know what? I'll let you know right away. Zavo is a zav. What's nigo? Nigo is a mitzorah. Uh-oh. Negatsaras. What's happened here? Well, as Binyamin will tell you, some guys have all the luck. This guy is a Zav. He's seeing, right, gonorrheal emissions, and he happens to also have been afflicted with Tsaras. Okay? That's the problem. So he's like a nuclear tummy now, right? He's got it coming from all ends. And so the question is, how is he going to be Metaher? So there's a Chiddush embedded in here. I'll say it outside. Right, because it, it can be very confusing. I'll first lay it out, and then we're going to read it inside. So the Kiddush is like this, basically. That even though you need your Tzaras to go away before you go to the mikvah to purify from Zav, right? That's the Kiddush, right? In other words, you can't go and purify yourself. So this guy is going to be, <clears throat> this guy is going to be dink, dun, going in the mikvah a couple of times. The Mitzorah has a different procedure. Mitzorah has to, Dunk in the mikvah in the beginning of his seven days. And then he has to dunk in the mikvah at the end of the seven days. It's all straight up sukkim. And then after he dunks at the end of seven days, he has to bring a carbon, okay, and all of that. Yeah, what? Shave his head and everything else. Right. He has to shave his head. He had to tear his clothes at the beginning. We're going to talk about this a little bit. <clears throat> now, that's what the Mitzvah is going to have to do. What's the Chiddush here? And, and by the way, you're, so long as you have Tzaras, you're never going to be pure from your, you're not going to be able to purify yourself even from your ziva. That's what makes it confusing. In other words, there's a special halachas to an individual who is a zav and a mitzorah. That's what it says, mizovovo veni go, right? That's what Rashi spells out. He's got, right? You see the, all the fat lines of Rashi in the bottom of this chesam and aleph are devoted to this concept, right? What happened here? I'm reading in Rashi here. He was a Zav and a Mitzorah. So he's at this point already no longer a Zav. But he still has Tzaras, right? So now what's going on? So you need the Tzaras, I'll say it outside, to go away before you... Go to the mikvah to purify yourself to be a zav. However, however, you can already, and this is a chiddush, you can already start counting zayin nikim as it was, as it were, as soon as the ziva stops flowing. Which is to say, again, you're not going to be tahar yet, but you could already count your uh, yourself as clean as soon as you're no longer seeing these gonorrheal emissions. Such that when you do that first dunking. For the Mitzorah, you're going to be purified from your Ziva. You're not going to be purified from your Tzaras yet, but you will be purified from your Ziva. And there's like a little slice of Nafkamina, which, which means that at that point, right, then you're going to end your Ziva, and you're going to have another week where you're only a Mitzorah. And you, until your second Mitzorah dunk a week later, you'll be only a Mitzorah and not a Zav. Isn't that nice? So that entire... Din, right, also applies to, to a Zav, 
right? That's so, and, and the whole point that the Gemara is saying here is that that entire din will also apply to Azov that only saw two emissions, right? That just, it applies not only to Azov that saw three, but also applies to Azov that saw two emissions, right? So, that's that Rashi that says it's three lines up from the bottom. Mizovove safar. Lahachi samach sfira etzel zova. Lamdacha shaaf bishvil mikta zav taon sfira limid al zav bal shtever eos. That is the whole chiddush over here. That that is also that that slice of a din where you're going to be clean from your ziva, but not yet clean from your tzaras. Right. That is and it has um, applications. Nafkaminus for tumas heset. Right for the kind of tumah that you're going to be um, that that you're going to impart just by moving an object and that kind of ziva. Morning, Daniel. You came. <laughs> We're learning sechus megillah, Dan. That is going to be uh, what is learned out of the pasuk. So again, mizavov alone mizavov nigo. How did we get here? Well, we had a pasuk. We needed mizavov, right, to teach you that you chop a korban only when you have the thirty mission. Right, and we needed both Rav Simai and Mizavo to teach us that. And then once we learned Mizavo, we had to say that there's a limud every time we say Mizavo. And so this is the second thing that you learned from Mizavo. That's how we got here. The second thing that you learned from Mizavo is this chiddush of what happens when you're a Mitzora and a Zav. Wow. So just to read it inside, Mizavo, Velo Mizavo, Vinigo, Mizavo, Vesafer. Right, once you have from his emission, you shall count. Limit alzov bal shiva. Right, that even once you have two emissions, you already need to count seven clean days before the immersion. But you could already count it, right? We limit it, but to say that you can already count it, right? Once you uh, already stopped seeing the emissions, you don't have to wait until you are no longer tame mitzora. In other words, right? You, once you've had that first tefillah, um, you could already start counting. Ah, it says the Gemara Baalo Dinhu. Can we figure this out logically? Imatam Mishkov Moshev Loyaton Sphere Shiva. In other words, once he's Matam Mishkov Moshev, we said before that once you have the second emission, you're already not only Matame by um, Tumas Mago Masa, uh, right? Not only by carry, carrying, touching it, but you're already Tame Tumas Medrash, which is to say to sit on it. So Loyaton Sphere Shiva. Isn't it true? Isn't it true that as soon as you have that serious tumma of having of being matame things just by laying down on them that you by definition already have to count seven days because after all the fact that you're matame something by sitting on it implies a very high level of tumma as we turn to Chesam at Beis at the very symbolic time six thirteen a.m. says the Gemara Shomeris Yom Keneged Yom Tochiach Shomeris Yom Keneged Yom is going to Teach you not that way. What's going on? Well, we've talked about the Zav. We talked about the Mitzorah. We It wouldn't be nice if we left out the Nida. Here she is. She's Shemeres Yom Keneged Yom. Well, we know that once a woman sees a third Re'iyah on a third consecutive day, but that's not for us now, she's a Zav Gadola. She's on a totally different realm. She's reached a higher level of Tumah. She, who had only seen two Re'iyahs, she's called a Shemeres Yom Keneged Yom. Which means to say she doesn't have to wait. Zayin Nakim. Oh, well, guess what? Right? She is, however, as soon as she sees two Rios, she is Matam and Mishkov Umoshav. So that busts a hole in our theory. In other words, we said, doesn't the fact that you already have this high level of Tumor that you're Matame, right? 
Tumas Medras teaches you that you already have by definition Zainakim? No, it does not. Because Anida, in fact, once she sees Turiyos, she already is Metame by Mishkav Moshav. She does have that high level of Tuma, and yet she does not have to wait Zainakim until she sees the third Riyah. That's what the Gemara says here. Shemeres Yom Kenegid Yom Tochiach, Shemetame Mishkav Moshav, Einatunas Fir Shiva. That she is Metame at a high level of Tuma, but she doesn't have to wait seven days. That should not be surprising to you at all. Because Because that's the same thing we say by Azov as well. And therefore, because we can't learn it from logic, we need to learn it Mizavo. And therefore, we can learn something from Mizavo. Once you see two, you could already have to count seven days, as we've discussed. That even once you see two Rios, you have to count uh, the seven days. To which Rav Papa asks a sharp question here. Wow, a sharp question. In other words, we just saved the day, right? We just explained that once we have a limud for mizavo, we need to learn something else from the other uh, mizavo, and we managed to learn something from it. However, Rav Papa is explaining one of them is l'chumra, and one of them is Lakula. In other words, um, we learned from one of the Mizavo that he doesn't have to bring a carbon. That was our Mishnah. That you only have to bring a carbon once it's a limitation. You only have to bring a carbon once you have a 30 mission. So that's a, that is a um, Kula for he who only sees two. But here we're saying that Mizavo, albeit we are learning a Limud, which is nice, but we're learning that he's Ton Sphere, which is a Chumrah. That as soon as you see the second emission, you have to count as if you had a third. So in one of them, he's saying that it's a kula, you don't bring a carbon. One of, you say, one of them is saying that it's like, it's a chumr, that you like a person who saw three emissions. So then it's not really an equivalent kind of limud. So that was the kasha of Papa Yastabaye. So Amalei, Abaye responded to her Papa, In other words, yeah, well, what are you supposed to do? You can't say that the second uh, time that it says zavo, namely the one by the sphira, is to be mamait. Because then Lishta the Pasuk didn't, wouldn't have had to say anything altogether. In other words, we would have understood, right, that it's only referring to a full-blown Zav that has three emissions. And in the only Limud you can learn from including Mizavo of a second, of, of a two emission Zav was that he is to include it. So in, in, in that, in that Limud of having to count the seven days. So really he's just saying that it's true, perhaps, that you would want the limud to be sort of parallel in terms of both them being a kula or a chumrah, but in context, it doesn't make any sense. So uh, you have to live with the fact that both of them teach you something. And it happens to be one of them teaches you a chumrah, one of them teach you a kula, um, and then Adbaye just anticipates another question. Maybe you say that no, you could you could have derived it logically. will teach you that that can't be because again, as we've already, this is just a repetition of what we said before that the Shemer Yom Yom teaches you that it's not necessarily a raya because uh, to, to to learn logically because the severity of tuma of of uh, tumas. Medris does not necessarily reflect the counting days. And maybe you'll even argue that you need that Pasuk to teach you something else. As we just said now, that it would have just said, and therefore, 
you can't just learn it all for Mizavo. Mizavo, Lamali, why do you need the extra Mizavo? Limit al Zav Baal Shtevriyos, Shaton Sfiyos Shiva. As we said already, that even if you take this whole logic and work it backwards, you're still going to realize that you need both Mizavos, the one by the Baal Shtevriyos, as well, needing, counting the Shiva, as well as the one by the Korban, which is the topic of our Mishnah. So now we are at the Mishnah, a um, few lines down in the wide lines of Chesam and Beis, and we have a we're back to the Mitzorah as follows. Says the Mishnah, Ein ben Mitzorah muskul Mitzorah muchlat ela priya ufrima. We said like this. This is going to be familiar to you guys. Okay? A guy is suspected of a disease. So there's two things he could do. If he's like lost sense of taste and smell and he has a fever and he has a cough and the whole checks off all the boxes and he checks off with a positive test. So then that's called the Mitzorah muchlat. You know for sure he's got it and you treat him a certain way. What if a guy, well, he gets kind of taste, but he has a fever and he's coughing and he sounds like, you know, it sounds horrible, but he hasn't gotten the results from his test yet. Then you do, that's called a muskar, quarantine, right? And you wait to see. And you're not going to go near that guy until you figure out what's going on. However, is there a difference? Yes, prio prima. If you know that he's got the full-blown disease, then you're going to, as Binyamin pointed out already, you're going to let his hair grow and you have to rip his garments. That's straight up sukkim in the chumash. Okay? So that is the difference between, but otherwise you're going to treat a guy who's suspected and in quarantine the same as a guy who is confirmed as having saras. And at the back end, once you come out of quarantine... Right, both of, well, as we will see, both the suspected, right, Mitzorah and the full-blown Mitzorah will have the quarantine. However, once they become tar from their state of confinement, so then he who was in quarantine but turned out to be negative is going to not have to shave his head or, right, bring a korban, as opposed to he who had full-blown saras, that's called the hechlet, right, he will have to bring a korban and shave his head. So says the Gemara. In other words, both of them are going to go to quarantine, and it's the highest form of quarantine. You go right? Because we don't want you here, we don't want to be infected with this, so to speak, and therefore we're going to both send you to the same place, but we're going to treat you a little differently. How do we learn this? Says the The pasuk says, "What's going on here? Well, it's a mitzora who was quarantined, and now he's cleaning him up." It says, the Kohen will say that he is tar. It's just a mispachas. And then he's going to be his clothing and he's going to be clean. Tar, mi prio prima, de mi Yeah, he's cleansed initially from having to let his hair grow and tearing his garment. This is the case of, when you say mispachasi, it means it was just a cold. It was just a common flu, right? Mispachasi means the Kohen checked. Turns out after the quarantine, he had a negative test. Ah, it's just mispachas, guys. It's not saras. If so, the structure of the Pasuk implies that he's retroactively uh, going to be clean from having to let his hair grow and tear his clothing, meaning to say he doesn't have tzaras, guys, and therefore retroactively he never had that chiv. So I'm a lay rava. Elimeata gabezov, uh oh, back to the zav. Or we say the same thing by a zav, by the way. By a zav, we say that he also has to what? And when he's purifying himself, he has to clean his garments. But there we know for sure that he was a Zav. 
In that context, it certainly doesn't mean retroactively that he never had a tumor altogether. So it, we, so the fact that we're saying, right, can't mean that retroactively it turns out that you don't have to do pre or prima ever because in the case of Azov, he certainly does have that tumor. It says the Gemara, Now, it's a different context. In other words, over there, you have to explain, right, that when it says tahar, so it must mean that he's cleansed from something else going forward. And this becomes a little complicated, but the bottom line is that he's saying that there are certain things that Lamefreya, yes, will be, uh, in fact, <laughs> this is what we're going to do. We're going to split the atom here. We're going to say that it's true. Obviously, you go into quarantine to see if you have Tsaras, and it turns out you never had Tsaras. Certain things are going to be Tahir Lamefreya. Because at the end of the day, it was tapachas. It was a false alarm. You're a negative test. But we're gonna, we are going to concede to Rava that there are aspects that are not going to be lemafreya, just like they're not lemafreya by Azov. And that aspect is that going forward, you're not going to have a Tumas Heset. That's basically the answer, right? So Aval Gav the Hadar Chazi, that even though he saw another right emission as Azov, Lo he's still not going to be Metam So Hachanami Tor which is again explaining that he's cleansed going only forward from the Chumrah of, of having the, the uh, Tumah of entering through a house because a Mitzorah has a special din, right, over there where he goes into a house, all the Kalim are going to become Tame. So the question is, if it turns out, Lamafreya, that you were not Tame, then obviously you should not, right, you're not Mitzorah, you should not be Matame those things. So the bottom line is there are aspects of the Mitzorah, once it turns out that he doesn't have Saras that are certainly going to be Lamafreya, but there are aspects that are certainly going to be Mikanul Haba. So we say, Ela Amarava Mehacha. So Rava, however, had to have his own Pasuk. It says, Right? Rava didn't like the fact that this Pasuk has, can't be Lamafreya, right? Because he certainly, he's bringing out this aspect of the Mitzorah that certainly is Lamafreya, and the fact that the same phrase appears by a Zav that is certainly Tame is telling Rava that it can't be that Pasuk. He has a different Pasuk. It has to be a person, a Mitzorah, in whom there is the Nega in him, meaning it's inherent in him, meaning he's got the real thing. Says the Gemara, The difference between an inherently, right, Mitzorah, and one who is only a Mitzorah being treated as such and being quarantined are in fact implied in the Pasuk Asher Bo Hanaga, where the Nega is in him. And we will uh, resume tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, with Amar Leia Baye, which is, I don't know, 12 or 14 lines up from the bottom of Chesamid Beis to sort out the idea of Prima and Prima by the Mitzorah. And then uh, tomorrow we'll get to Sfarim, Tfil, and Mezuzas as we creep closer back into the subsequent days when we will get back to Masechus Megillah and read inside the Psukim of Megillah Sester and explain them.